June 2020, the future of American baseball is uncertain. It's okay, kitty, it's okay. Pretty sure it's the boss. So what do we have here? Good morning, Miss Cassia. Major League Baseball's future is in serious jeopardy. The impasse between owners and players threatens the future of the sport. Uh, why do I care? I haven't even had my coffee yet. We've taken the liberty of delivering your usual AMI opener. A double Americano with a shot of McAllen 15-year-aged. And a spritz of fresh kiwi and mango, handpicked by indigenous peoples. Coffee man! Can you get the door? They think of everything, don't they, kitty? Your mission, if you decide to accept it, is to force MLB ownership, the commissioner, and the players' union into an agreement for a 2020 season. Yeah, Thereby preserving right. the sport of baseball, the devotion of millions of fans, billions in GDP revenue, and tens of thousands of ancillary wage jobs dependent on the game. Mom, the door! I'm a little busy here. Work stuff. As always, if you or any member of your IM staff is captured or killed, the secretary will disavow any knowledge of your actions. <sighs> no hot air balloon festival today, kitty. This may well be your most dangerous assignment to date. Good luck, Agent Casio. This recording will self-destruct in five seconds. Looks like we're calling up the team. And you get to see the Statue of Liberty, kitty. Uh, coffee guy? Anybody in there? Hello, everyone, and welcome to From the Cheap Seats, your favorite podcast for Frank unapologetic and shamelessly opinionated Washington Nationals news outside the press box, the dugout, and the very informative stadium urinals. My name is Thad Helsley, and I am joined by my two Mission Impossible co-hosts. The first is a recent online graduate with a three-month PhD in virology, Cassia. Hello. I'll bet that first vaccine is going to be a winner. Yes. Uh, would you like to try it out? Uh, sure. I, I would be happy. Look, I don't want to be on the human trials. Can I be on the rat trials? Absolutely. Okay, good. Good. And our other co-host is the artificial intelligence engine and lately a Wall Street day trader, Bernice. Don't laugh. I've made a fortune on Zoom and Netflix. So, Cassie and Bernice... Listeners have not had a chance to hear from you for, well, it's been about a month. How's it going over there? Uh, it's fine. You know, I'm, I'm doing fine. I mean, got any anecdotes you want to share from Albuquerque, New Mexico? Uh, no, I mean, pe- people are, things are slowly opening, and I don't, I haven't been stressed about being uh, stuck inside. Actually, being outside is weird to me now. So there were a number of states in the Southwest that had what they're calling Memorial Day surges. I think, in fact, Arizona had its worst day since this thing happened just this past week in terms of cases and deaths each day. Is New Mexico um, one of those guys, or did they... You don't have any beaches, so... Not overall, but the thing is... um, so the native communities have been hit really, really hard because they lack the the kind of funding and social right. service connection between right. like the federal government and they're on the ground. Mm-hmm. So like the Navajo Nation, which is like partially in New Mexico and partially in Arizona, is like the was the epicenter in the U.S. after New York City. Oh, really? I knew they were hit hard. I didn't realize they were that. that they at one point overtook New York City like per capita oh as the God. epicenter. So it was really, really, really hard on certain par- parts of the state. Now, like the part of the state with the reservation in it was is, was under martial law. It was the only part of the country literally under martial law. Mm. Uh, but that actually hurts. <laughs> it hurts the natives because they're not allowed to leave their reservation. A lot of the reservations don't have... 
stores. They don't even have so, uh, adequate medical care in some cases, I understand. Right. So they don't have, like, they can't buy water, they can't buy food because they can't go to the city to, because it was completely shut down, like, under National Guard lockdown. So, mm-hmm. yeah, there's a certain part of the state that was hit really badly, but the rest of the state isn't. Yeah, I, I would guess that a lot of what Arizona is going through is probably influenced by by the the fact that there is a large reservation. And how about you, Bernice? I could really use a haircut at this point. Okay, well, let's get down to business. We're recording the afternoon of June fourteenth. Um, last night, the uh, Major League Players Association released an open letter saying that the owners have not negotiated in good faith and therefore further dialogue is futile. They end with the line, it's time to get back to work. Tell us when and where. And they set a deadline by tomorrow, Monday, June 15th, for the owners to tell them when they're supposed to come back. So we are at a standoff. I mean, what do you think, Cassia? Um, I have to say... As unsympathetic I am to the owners in general, as every any any recurring listener to this podcast would know, <laughs> I think the Players Association are being a bunch of bitches. I think they're the ones fucking shit up. Because, uh, so I mean, they're standing by, I mean, they do have staff, a point. And I'm an anti-union in this case. You know, and I could sort of, I see... Both sides, I mean, the original agreement from March 26 did say prorated salaries, although it also specifically said if fans were in stadiums. So that's the part they don't want to talk about. So, and um, that's kind of where, you know, everything falls through the cracks. Well, have you read the March agreement or just read reporting about it? You can't. I've looked over and over again. You can't read the full text. There are excerpts. It doesn't seem like anyone that I can read, even reporters who are following this really closely, has any assurance about what the March agreement actually says. And both sides are representing the version of the March agreement that is most favorable to their case. It's like the Balfour Declaration of Baseball. It's just like this thing that they're bitching over. Right, Why don't right. they just let the March Agreement go and operate under a new understanding? No, I mean, it's like, like it's like they passed right, the Constitution, but they never showed it to anybody. Like, well, you said you'd do this. Well, you said you'd do that. I know. Blah, 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 blah. It's just a bitch fight. I don't. I don't see why the March Agreement is like some huge. Fuck! It's not the Treaty of Versailles. Like, just calm the fuck down. Well, though, that's and that's kind of like you'll get you'll like uh, the guy who's like really in front of this is Bob Nightingale from USA Today, and there's another guy from the New York Times and whatever, and they'll uh, or there's some gals in this too, ESPN and stuff, and they seem to have excerpts, almost like if you got a copy, they can't release the whole thing. I'm like, where is the actual thing? You're saying not one right. guy shot a picture of it with his cell phone and posted it, but you know. Also, what I mean, what do you do? What is the March agreement? It's right. just an agreement between the two. What is they going to sue? Is are they going to sue each other? Is that how this will end? I don't know what it. You, no, good point. What is it? Is it actual a contract? Is it a letter of intent? Yeah, you know, which is like what a lot of deal makers do. Like, a, a solid basis for negotiation. Right. It's not like they're, I mean, they've already got a contract which expires next year, right? So this isn't a new labor contract, which is like a thousand pages. This was like a two-page thing that was sort of a statement of mutual aspirations or something like that. But um, yeah, if, if the games could be played with fans, which they're not, right? they're not. And so it seems obvious that if there are okay these are entertainment venues they make money off people buying tickets buying merchandise selling advertising for people that are there and watching tv and watching tv uh and getting ratings and there's there's um you know there's uh i know i know but i'm talking about it being closed to uh live seeing live baseball oh yeah it's on tv but the okay obviously the owners are going to lose money if it's if there's no fans, big time. There's no audience, 
So why is it that the owners should have to pay out a full prorated salary when they're not going to make a prorated profit? Wow, I did not expect you to take the owner's side. Boy, oh boy. I'm not taking their side. I'm just saying okay. there should be a... a well, even that you're sympathetic. Sharing. You are sympathetic, or at least... I said I'm unsympathetic to the owners. I hate them. I know you hate the learners. Fair. You would burn it their house down. It's obvious, completely <laughs> obvious. And it's not just about the owners, because obviously, yeah, the fucking learners or whoever else are going to take home a chunk of whatever money they get. They're going to take home a big chunk of it. But the money that the owners are saving by not having to pay out the full prorated salary to players would ostensibly be paying other people in the franchise that might need to be supported in this time. Right. And the and, and, and one of the, I will say on the side of the owners, so they're locked into these stadium deals. So they pay a lease, like for example, the learners are paying a lease payment to the city of D.C., Every single month, exactly. even though there's nothing in there. And they've already agreed. They agreed way back in uh, March. They were going to pay the employees, pay their minor league. So they're they're losing money. They got nothing coming in. Zero, zero, zero. And they are already spending. Now, okay, like you always say, well, boo-hoo, you're a billionaire. I'm not going to you know, uh, shed any crocodile tears because you lost $100 million this year. But if they have to pay out the full payroll for you know, um, uh, $3 billion in salaries, they're going to lose a lot more than $100 million. So, <laughs> um, exactly. Yeah. And, 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 um, I'm not saying that the players should be screwed. I think that there should be a share, a sharing of the, of the costs. There's a huge cost, no matter what you do. There's no way to make money the same way. So the, the, the money has to be shared. Why should a player get paid exactly what they would have been paid to, pay, to play each individual game that they play when the owners aren't getting that and no one else who may have been working in that stadium or in that franchise is getting that? That seems unreal to me. That is way too much to ask for. The players um. are demanding the prorated salary. You know, and and I, when I read when I read the um you know some of the commentary on this, people seem to be taking the complete opposite. They seem to be taking the player side and saying that the MLB isn't really moving and that the players are moving. But the players are starting from such a rigid, uh, frankly selfish place. Which is, I mean, that's how you do a negotiation, but they're so far away to me. And like this tactic of saying, well, prove to us that you're going to lose money. Give us the evidence. You haven't sufficiently demonstrated that you're going to lose money. That is what they're saying. That is so stupid. Of course they're going to lose money. That's just a bullshit tactic to say, oh, we'll prove it. Give us the paperwork. Um, It just seems like a bunch of crap to me. And even this latest move, the thing, well, okay, demand the season. Um, I think it's a bluff. I don't think they mean it. What is a bluff? Can you clarify? That they're walking away from negotiations. Oh, okay. And they're just calling on Manfred to mandate a season. Because they want him to come back with a 72-game full salary, full prorated salary. 72 games as opposed to 172. They're assuming that he'll mandate a 48 to 52 game season. Well, that is the assumption the reporters are making. I don't know what all these guys are thinking. I don't think that he will give them a full prorated salary because I don't think he has to. Well, if he does that 48, 52 game thing, he does because he'd be working off the March 26 agreement. So he has to for the 50 games. He has to give them the prorated salary. Their break-even point... He doesn't have to because if it's true that that agreement also stipulated that fans would be in the audience. I know, I know. But he, I mean, what what the leaks from MLB are that they would honor the perception of, like, the players want more games. At right. that full salary, right? And yes. then so, but the owners are losing money because they have to right. open up the stadium. But that's why they think paid. they can, if they have an expanded postseason, and they play fifty games, they can at least break even. That's what they're looking at. 
and we haven't talked about this yet. What, what about the backlash aspect? But I mean, right. that's that's kind of where they're coming from. And you know what? It's a it's a, just a crying shame because with every other professional sport canceled in the summer, right? Except NASCAR, I guess. Um, baseball. I mean, we were supposed to have the Stanley Cup playoffs this month, right? That would have been, especially with the Caps, you know, our team, our hockey team, that would have been huge. But um, they would have had all summer to themselves. They could have all been just making more money than God. I mean, because there's what else is there to watch? You know, you can't watch The Sopranos over and over and over again. So, <laughs> but they didn't. They didn't. They blew it. Both of them blew it. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think it's absolutely pathetic. This shouldn't be that hard to work out. They're inc- they're all both sides are incredibly wealthy. Uh, they're not playing with fans. I think there's ways that they can do it safely if they've been able to safely reopen many states in the country without a spike. They should be able to do this. But yeah, they're both they're being de- I think the players are being divas. I think they're asking for too much. I think a prorated salary. I think like they should have like 80% of the prorated salary or something. Because again, the owners aren't making prorated profits. So it's it's not an equal agreement. Right. It's an unequal treaty. Well, yeah, okay. So I've been, I I kind of went on Twitter and I looked up some Nationals players to sort of see if they were griping. And they were, especially Sean Doolittle. I didn't check him, but, but but Trey was the one on my feed. Trey was the one that posted the last night the Major League Players Association announcement, the open letter. Yeah, yeah, they all they all retweeted that. Oh, they did. Okay, the okay. the you tell us when and where. <laughs> like, oh, shut the fuck up! You guys are so dumb. Oh dear. <laughs> Yeah, you tell me the time, Manfred. Uh, but yeah, they're they're also complaining about some owner gave an interview where he floated the idea of a salary cap. Yeah, yeah, and that's what and they're, they're saying, ultimately afraid of, which well, is what right, the 1994 strike was cap. over. But that was what the there 1994 should be a salary cap. These people's worth is completely overinflated. Okay, well, I was going to... speculation to the most insane <laughs> degree. So um, there's currently 14.6 million union members in, in the United States. Union membership has been declining rather uh, rapidly since it's high in the 50s. At the moment, it's only about 10% of the workforce down from 40-something. Um, but... That's overall union membership. There are a handful of unions that uh, have not been declining. They haven't really been increasing. They're kind of flat. But whereas compensation in the average union in the 2000s is usually cost of living somewhere in that ballpark, um, sports using unions, entertainment unions, filmmakers, musicians, writers, etc., have been going up sometimes year over year double digits. So it's just it's just like a huge inequity between the vast majority of union members because, for example, the Major League Players Association, there's a thousand active members, a thousand. <laughs> the National Education Association, that's our biggest union in the U.S., has 2.7 million members. So <laughs> and every state is different, but you can kind of peg the average teacher salary somewhere in the ballpark of the early 50,000 bucks a year. Okay, and they're kind of like the MLB. They work about seven months a year, eight months a year. Okay, so the um, MLB has an average salary. Uh, uh, okay, out of those thousand guys, and I know there's people down near five hundred thousand, and then you got the Scherzers, who are up in the twenties, twenty million. Average salary though is four point four million. So, all right, take it away, Cassia. Is this does this make sense? Can you have? Can you call yourself a member of the labor movement when, right. when you're making this is more than the average Fortune 500 CEO per year, and then everybody else in the labor movement is making what you think a worker would make? You know, fifty thousand a year. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's. It's not the same as the American Postal Workers Union. <laughs> exactly. It's not the International Lady Garment Workers Union. 
you know, it's there's there's two tiers of unions. Now, I, I you know, the the labor history of baseball, it was more like an actual union like a hundred years ago. No, yeah. I mean, they had, we were going to do a whole episode about it because they tried to unionize over like almost a hundred year period and they failed and failed and failed. They could never pull it off. And the Supreme Court would rule against them. You know, they ruled against, they, yeah. they actually upheld monopoly. It's basically a monopoly. I mean, oh, there's absolutely. no other, there's no other, um, there's no other major baseball. league baseball. Yeah, exactly. So, um, uh, it was only in the late sixties that they finally got their crap together. But, the, and at that point people were making 40,000 bucks a year. Willie Mays, one of the biggest baseball players that ever lived was making 40,000 bucks a year. <laughs> that was wrong. That was wrong. There's a handful of incredibly like elite unions. Right, the sports in, unions. In it, it, actors, they're not workers directors. in the sense that they're providing like a fundamental service to the functioning of our society. In the way that teachers are. They're not, or but it, but you can argue the post office are or people that are in the Teamsters Union are. Well that exactly. But even even if you were a Marxist, you could say, okay, but the current economic conditions is that it is a marketplace and so demand can drive up prices right a lobster costs more than a stick of gum for no apparent reason except that people like lobster and so people go to baseball games and so that drives up the prices even though they're like you say the intrinsic value to society of a baseball player is is pretty much zero because you can play (laughs) baseball for free there's like a a hundred thousand softball clubs. People are playing baseball all over the place. Not the second right. the COVID thing, but they used to. So you don't actually have to go see a guy who makes twenty five million dollars. I look. I support. I support them being a union. I don't think they shouldn't have a union. And the idea of it being it being a a union is is useful because it helps all the players. It, Bryce Harper doesn't need it, but uh, someone like Michael Taylor, who's up and down, you know. No, that's true. From the majors to the minors. Right, Those right. So it's like he's perpetually stuck at $200,000 yeah. a year. Yeah. Right. It defends the players who aren't superstars and who aren't making superstar salaries. Well, and that's... And, okay, that is another point. So there's a shade to this. There's like, of the thousand guys who are actually playing, they're all guys at the moment. There are some female coaches, but they're all guys at the moment. We talked about this before. Okay, you're really talking about... What is it? Five percent that are the the guys that you just want to throw a water balloon at or something, right? Because it really is. So the owners are billionaires. These guys are making so much money, and then like like Michael Taylor, you know? Okay, okay, I'm talented. I'm on TV a lot. I can walk into the fan store. They're selling shirts with my name on it, right? And I got two hundred thousand dollars a year. And then my teammates are making the average is making four point four million. And I might be sent to the minors. And I might be sent to the minors in the middle of the season, right? <laughs> and have to and and, and literally go back to that. And keep making sixty dollars off a T-shirt with your name on it. <laughs> That's got to piss you off. That's got to piss yeah, you off. Yeah, totally. And, but I mean, there has to be a union. But yeah, but I. Well, they're doing a shitty job for some guys. That's a good example. Caps should be part of the bargaining agreement. Okay, it ain't gonna happen. And some of these players are—they just—they're using this kind of labor language to defend extreme, like privilege and deals, which I just think is kind of gross. That's what I get from like the Sean Sean Doolittle's Twitter feed. But whatever. Um. Just yeah, what did Sean Drew little say? I didn't see the feed. Tweet, tweeting things about how, yeah, this owner was calling for for a salary cap. Um, and, and players were whining about it, saying, oh, you're using, a, you're using a pandemic to get what you want. You're using a pandemic to undermine players getting paid their fair share. It's like, you guys, you're doing baseball and you're getting paid... Tons of zeros. Okay, and this what is what is their the fair same share? Same as like work, the working class struggle. No, it isn't. Like don't don't use the language. Like, yes, you should have as much protection for yourselves as possible. Yes, you are the people that make baseball. They shouldn't be exploited. But at the same time, your position is not the same as like a teamster. 
So don't don't weaponize that language to defend your much higher status. Well, and I'm I'm just wondering. So, just conceptually, um, and you're more of a, uh, uh, I don't know, a progressive, socially conscious sort of activist, Bernie supporter, etc. You actually worked in this campaign than I am, uh, although I have sympathy. So what? What is the fair share? Because yeah, let's say, let's look at Google, okay? This is a company that makes almost a trillion dollars a year. Average salary is somewhere in the 300,000s, which, which most humans in America, humans in the world, but especially America would say, well, that's a great salary for sitting around typing on a Mac Pro all day. Uh, I yeah. typically take that stupid job, you know, designing little cartoons for the, for the thing, um, you know, when you log on <laughs> and stuff like that. But of course... The guys who run the company uh, are making a lot more than that. I mean, they're still, it's a, it's a highly successful company, but, but the labor force is still making probably the same percentage uh, of the uh, actual net revenue wealth that other companies are doing that aren't as successful. You know, the hair cuttery, how much do those gals make? Um, it's not $300,000 a year. So, so when when the MLB offered them half of the net revenue of the entire season, they said no. <laughs> We're not okay. Half okay. Who's taking the risk here? You didn't sign a stadium release lease for a billion dollars. You're getting guaranteed money. Right. They're so, not on the hook for anything. So I don't know what I mean. What what is it? If if fifty, what should they get? Should they get seventy five percent? What should they? What is their share? I don't look. I don't know enough about the economics of the whole thing to to be able to confidently say from my couch that I know the right way that the deal should be to make it the most equitable thing. Well, I don't Uh, know. You've pontificated on a lot of other things from that couch. Something in the range (laughs) of like eighty percent of prorated salary seems fair to me. Okay. And, and I think the last deal was a, something like that. It was like 80% it was. of prorated salary at like 70-something games or whatever. If, that if, seems fair. if there was a postseason. That's fair because they're not – again, I don't know that the owners are going to make 80% of prorated, prorated profit on these stadiums. Well, and they don't know either because all and they're they doing is looking at data from the last 10 years when we had regular seasons. Now, when they finally start this up, if they start this up, that's our next topic. Fan backlash. Are people going to be pissed? Even if they're only watching on TV, are they even going to want to watch? Are they say, fuck you guys. Here we are. It's 90. 90- I shouldn't have said people that. People are desperate for some sports. Okay, people they will watch. People are dying for sports. Okay. Um, yeah. We, people will watch. They may be pissed, but I think that... Um, people will come, Ray. In terms of the public relations battle, because there's the public relations negotiation in addition to the actual one, um, the players are winning. Every article that I have read, every op-ed seems to be tipped in their favor. I, like I said, I just think that the situation demands it. I fucking hate the owners. Anyone who listens to this show knows that. But And the learners in particular. They're almost... There's an economic reality here. <laughs> And not all the owners are, are as bad as the learners. <laughs> no, they're not. A, some are some are decent guys. I and, mean, the and, learners and are especially... An economic reality. There's a lot of uncertainty. And I do think that the players are playing coy with this whole thing of like, well, how do we know you're going to lose money? It's like, of course they're going to lose money. No one's going to the stadium. That, it's a giant money-making spectacle. That's the point of it. The game, it could be anything happening out there on the field. Well, you know, and, and an that entertainment is... entertainment venue. That's why they also have, you know, Billy Joel concerts there. Yeah. It's just about making money for that giant operation. Well, no, it's a very good point because I think out of all the professional sports... Baseball is much more hyper-localized. I mean, there's 162 games. They're much more of their overall revenue pie is dependent on local attendance because, you know, football has 16 games in the regular season. And you can watch every single game in every single market, right? Every single weekend you can watch just about every single game. There's no way to watch, 
you know, the, you know, it's 162 games spread over 30 teams, spread over six months. I mean, you can do the math. You can see, and you can't even see it if you want. You can sign up for MLB and pay them $50 a month, and they don't even do all the games, just ones they select. So you can watch your own team, and that's all you can for sure do. So they are dependent on local revenues much more than NFL or basketball or hockey or soccer or NASCAR or golf. God, can you you even get into golf? Could you actually go to Augusta and watch the Masters? No, it's all TV. It's 99.999% TV. So so you make a very good point. They are totally dependent on it. Now, they really depend on the playoffs is the only time people will get off their butt and actually turn on the TV and watch the teams so because there's just too many games you can just look on your phone and see one and attendance has been down over many years yes it is already yeah so i i just think it's the i just think it's fair i'm sorry yeah they have a huge owning that kind of property is like a huge huge liability you're locked into paying a certain amount of money now i'm sure that like it's not like they're going to evict the nationals from the stadium it's not like other landlord tenant considerations no i mean of I'm course sure they wouldn't do that forgiveness or but you know if they have a contract i mean the city of washington which is also a billion dollar entity you know if they have a contract they can they can enforce it in the judicial courts and they can have that money seized if it wasn't paid but um and the thing is there's gonna be there's gonna be so much because like as as the virus as we stop being locked down this is a slow rolling economic crisis that's going to continue for months and months and months right right and it's gonna get worse as the as the medical problems go down like it's gonna get worse economically because Debts have to be paid. Okay, well, don't say that in case, you know, someone from the New York Times is listening. Uh, well, also, some, I saw some sniping about the the safety agreements. So okay, the, okay, let's the, talk about the safety. Yeah. Okay. So, Korean baseball has been in full swing for six weeks. And basically, um, MLB promised to send... Um, with all their very detailed protocols over to the Players Association. they This 67 document actually is online. You can read this one uh, if you want to. It's, you know, it's just like all every stupid thing you can think of, 67 pages of, of how to manage a locker room. But it's basically modeled after what Korea is doing, Taiwan, Japan. And actually they have, oh my God, I didn't even know they had baseball in the Netherlands, but they do. So... And the, 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 the Players Association, I mean, they're mad at MLB for not giving them their estimates of their t, uh, uh, TV revenue. The, they have not responded to the health stuff that was released to everybody. And that was weeks ago. But um, my question to you, Amber Nice, is since Korea and Taiwan and Japan have been doing pretty good with, the, with pretty much the same exact protocols is that more or less off the table because the other part of it is any guy who wants to because he has an underlying condition like diabetes or lowered immune blah 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 can he he can sit out if he wants to anybody can sit out no questions asked so is it proof of concept is what the i mean i don't know the details of the safety thing and it depends on the execution. Well, and none of us are going to go and read it. It's 67 pages, single-type lighting. Right. So, <laughs> so I've heard some specifics about the waiver. So so if yeah. you choose to play, you have to sign a waiver, basically yes. surrendering all liability. Correct. But you do not have to play. You can sit out the season if you feel like it. Right. But who wants to do that for their career? Like, that's a hard, that's a really, really hard decision to make. People with, well, people, here's the thing. So I I thought this was one of the things I thought was actually very reasonable and generous. If you have an underlying condition of actual vulnerability, you know, like a guy who, who at one point had cancer in his, in his life. Okay, that would be a red flag for a doctor or something like that. So he might want to sit out. But a guy like even a guy like Sean Doolittle that has no underlining things can sit out if he feels like. I've seen some of his tweets have said, you know what? I don't know if I want to take the risk. He can sit out. Now, he's not going to get paid. But the guy that had cancer two years ago 
and had chemo, he gets paid. He's got a legitimate underlying risk. Sean Doolittle is just saying, I don't want to throw the dice. So he can sit out, doesn't get paid, or he can go and work, and he does get paid. But it, in order to work, you have to sign a waiver yes. saying that you can't you sue the league. basically can't sue them if right. you get sick. That's correct. So, but, but, so Sa- what is by the, the way, same waiver people are signing to go to a Trump rally. I, I don't like the waiver thing. I okay. think anybody should be able We live in a litigious society. Anyone should be able to, to sue. I don't like people being protected, uh, corporations being protected from liability. Because then they have no incentive to actually provide the safety measures that are recommended. So I, I agree with them on the point of the waiver. I think they should be able to demand that the safety measures be actually fulfilled. Because once you sign the waiver, you can't unsign it if they don't hold up their end of the agreement. So you're saying player health still is an issue because of the waiver? I think player health is an issue, yeah. Okay. Because it's not just player health. It's the health of then their family and everybody else that they come into contact for the length of time that they're playing baseball. We're in a pandemic, so every, so any, everyone's health affects everyone else's health. Right, right. Have we adequately talked about the potential for backlash? No. So I, don't, okay. I actually don't know what the hell happened in 94. You were 13 months old. old when the strike started. It was August 94. <laughs> it was the most uh, formative event of my life. I remember you jumping out of the crib, knocking me over, and switching the TV to, you know, the MLB channel. What were but, they <laughs> striking for? Was it a bargaining agreement? Yes, it was the annual or the you know, whatever the three to five year term is. The 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 sticking issue is the salary cap. I see. And so and they, the players won. The players won. The owners eventually I, 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 I one hundred percent support a salary cap. I don't know how you can be pro worker and not support a salary cap. Because again, you're just driving tons of high speculation money to the most famous, successful players and not to the average dude or to the average worker for a franchise. I think that's fucked up. Okay. And there's there's two points that are baked in what you just said. Number one, you know, uh, people, uh, I was listening to um, the owner of the Cubs, and it was a couple of years ago after they had won the World Series. And, of course, we disappointingly remember that. But um, the uh, the host, wait, wait, don't tell me, he said, okay, first question I want to ask you, owner of Cubs, is, you know, why are beers $15? And he said, well, Peter, um, why do I have to pay $27 million to pay a pitcher to pay thirty to play 32 games for seven innings? <laughs> that's why. So, and that's kind of what it comes down to. But... The yeah, yeah, I think and fans pay for it too. They do. Well, fans no, pay, we are paying fans for it. Pay for for Bryce Harper or whoever. We're paying else. for the beer, and now, now in our case, we're lucky because last year you and I benefited from the fact that the first half of the season was so bad we could get tickets for twenty five dollars, which were like ten rows above the dugout. You know, it feels like we were in the 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 Lexus seats or something like that, but. Most people like like the guys we work with in New York. Okay, they sometimes they pay two hundred dollars to go to a baseball game. Yeah, and that's crazy. That's great. And and if you're in Los Angeles or Chicago, it used to be so cheap. It no, used no, to be working class entertainment. Exactly. Now it's a middle class affectation. Oh, well, it's not even middle class. I mean, how many people are going to pay? You know, in, in that DC much money. It is. In you're DC not going to take is. your family. You're not going to take your kids. If you have three kids, if you're the Nesbits. No, you're hey, but you live in New York. So oh, in D.C., in D.C., it's middle class. If no, D.C., York, yeah. Yeah, you're going to pay ridiculous prices because you choose to live but in we're, the, we're, the most overpriced city in the world. We're like right dead center in the middle of the – because we've only got a metro area of like 5 million people. We're not anything like um, the metros that can support two teams in one market. Uh, we're barely supporting this team. They haven't. They all, it was only in the uh, late play- playoffs that they actually sold out a game in 2019. So rarely, because they would always show us the attendance. You remember when we showed a game? Okay, that 
stadium is supposed to seat 42,000 people. Rarely, even on a Sunday afternoon, which is supposed to be their highest rated game for attendance, they would be like 20,000 people. On a perfect day, 75 degree, no humidity game, where we won, they only could have tried. I'm not arguing with you. Okay. okay. I agree. The point was, after the strike, um, the strikers resolved, and I'll have Bernice do this in like five seconds. The season was canceled in August 1994 and there was no World Series that year. The strike was resolved minutes before the 1995 season was to begin, but millions of angry fans stayed home. Attendance and TV ratings were in the toilet for three seasons, losing both players and owners billions in revenue. Attendance and TV viewership only returned to 1994 levels during the famous 1998 hitter duel between Sammy Sosa and Mark McGuire. In the excitement, all was suddenly forgiven but the many billions lost in those previous three years could not be recovered. I don't think there will be that kind of backlash. I don't think there will be because it's such a weird circumstance. Because COVID and there's nothing to watch. Yeah, because of COVID. And and I don't know that people are paying super close attention to the bitching. The people that are are definitely siding with the players. But if they feel that the players were wrongfully uh, victimized in this situation, then they probably wouldn't hold it against them because they're the ones you're watching. You're not watching Lerner on ESPN. You're watching the players. So absent an actual deal... The yeah. the uh, Manfred, it's really in his, I mean, he's the commissioner and he has extraordinary powers that an individual owner doesn't have. He can do things without getting, um, you know, because MLB is a very small sort of democracy. It's only, it's uh, 30 owners, but an owner could be an owner group represented by somebody. It's not always like just the learners are like three people, even though it's technically the 93 year old guy, but you know, who knows what, who is going to show up on a day to place their vote. So, um, but the commissioner has extraordinary powers and believes he can say, order a season to start with 48 to 54 games, meaning that they have to report to spring training on, uh, what did that thing say, July 10th? And then there's three weeks. Yeah, no, 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 wait something a minute. like that. There's got to well, be 10 sorry, even, days to get the spring training facility yeah, yeah, ready, yeah. and then they have to have three weeks of training. Right, right, exactly. So, and and even if the players uh, file a grievance, which they apparently have the right to, um, they'll probably okay, start playing. grievance. Go ahead. No, exactly. Go they'll ahead. Pro- they'll probably start playing just so they can start cashing some checks. You know, they'll, they'll file a grievance to maybe on the back end get more money, but they'll probably start saying because they want to cash the checks, right? It's like, okay, I mean, 50 game. I mean, yeah, okay, I'm going to get a third of my salary. Um, you know, if you're Max Scherzer, a third of $26 million isn't doesn't suck. Um, yeah, and when half the country's unemployed, it's like, stop crying. Well... Okay, we didn't talk about that. Is uh, you know, that's another thing? But 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 what? So okay, so we have. Let's say we have a fifty-game season, and then they they want to. They're arguing about an expanded postseason, which would be kind of a. You know, here's the problem: there's going to be you what can't the fuck compare is an expanded postseason. It's way too fucking long already. <laughs> well, just more teams get in so they can get more games. What's the point? Isn't that the whole, like, everyone gets a trophy and sports should be tough and real? Well, you know, baseball used to be, it had more of the, it was a more authentic, you know, it was harder to get into the postseason compared to hockey, for example, where everybody gets in. You know, so that's why the postseason was like two months long. But, you know, baseball is considered a little more legitimate. I don't want an expanded postseason. Well, they want it just because of the TV ad dollars, because people watch. Because they get paid more. Well, people watch. It's a a way of making back money that they're losing? Correct, correct. Because because remember we said more of their money. They want to do it next year, too. It's like, oh. Well, those are the other things is that once they establish these precedents, they will leverage them into future contracts. So that is another issue. I want want it to go back to the way it is now. The postseason's so long. It's so painful to go through it. We did it last year and we won. And it was so drawn out and stressful. But there there were only eight teams in it, Cassia. (laughs) Now they want 16. It's the postseason. 
postseason. That's the point. I know they There's want no they want the half the team. The point of being in the postseason. It's just like the season. No, you're right. But I'm saying what they want, what the owners want, is basically half the league is in the postseason. Sixteen teams. That makes no sense to me. I mean, whatever. If, if it's just a temporary thing, it's fine. But why does it have to be two years? No, it's like kindergarten, and everybody gets a participation trophy. Yeah, I don't like <laughs> it. I don't like it. I mean, I, if they need, if because yeah, they get to charge more money for stuff. Exactly. Well, people will watch the TV. Dollars are more money. More people watch the postseason. Fine, yeah, fine, fine. Exactly. Yada yada yada. But like, but would guess, this like be um, like in the record books? Is it then? What what are we going to say about twenty twenty? It's more than an asterisk, right? It's like, oh, Barry Bonds used steroids. But he actually still had to hit the ball. It's not like he just you know, sat in the locker room and was shooting up. He actually had to do the work, you know, and you don't right. really know how much it really benefited him, you know. You know, uh, to, he had to swing the bat. These guys are trying to get him up. The best pictures in the world were trying to get him out. These guys are, you know, it's going to be 50 games. How do you compare 50 games? If you're Matt Scherzer wanting to give him the whole thing. If last year's season was that short, we'd be one of the worst teams in the league. And yet last year we won the World Series. Correct. Correct. So it it kind of undermines the whole, like, philosophy of baseball and playing a a lot of games for a really long time. But that's fine because whatever. We just want to have the sport and see some fucking games. Okay, and we're just going to look the other way in the record book, and it'll be like a really a bold faced yeah. asterisk, and we're yeah, just like whatever. Shit about the record book. That's okay. the the George Will baseball fans are like all about the numbers and shit. You know the who baseball fans the stat part of baseball. I couldn't give less of a shit about that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> no, you always say who that. Yeah. It, don't. Do you want to see games this year or not? Wouldn't we like to see some fucking games? We would. We would give we anything would. to see a game. So name when and where, man friend. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what they said, when and where. Look, we'll start tomorrow. We'll start next week. What do you want? Let's come on. However this thing ends, and uh, we've talked about we already hated the owners, but we didn't really hate the players. Uh, maybe some people, uh, I think we've said a lot of people are supporting the players, but... We we always told ourselves, even though these guys are millionaires, they've given their lives to this historically cherished games. They gave themselves to us, the fans, right? They risk career-rendering injuries. And they every day they entertain and thrill us. But will this cast a shadow on the way we see baseball now? Will it be... No. Will it be... Are we going to become sinless? Like, God, really? These guys are this crass and petty and... No, I think people are used to athletes being crass and petty. Okay. So we'll just forget about it. And we'll just... We've moved on. We'll be happy to see uh, Max Scherzer throw a shutout. And we will just... We'll have amnesia and we will not... I I I love them even though they're crass and petty. (laughs) It's funny. It's fine. We all have our flaws. They should all be on the uh, Kardashian show or something. I celebrate human foibles. Okay. Well, that's what I wanted to know. That's what I wanted to know. I don't think I don't think it will have a long term effect because it's just such a weird one off situation. This COVID. So there will be forgiveness. Yeah, it's going to just be treated like a weather event, or like it, uh, right, like a gigantic uh, in hurricane. Spheres. A lot of this other COVID shit. I think a lot of people are just going to be happy to move on and forget about most of the details. Okay, last question, Cassia and Bernice. Let's just, okay, we've talked about a lot of different scenarios and blah, 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 blah. Will there be any kind of a season in 2020? Commissioner Manfred and union leader Clark are too incompetent to resolve this. Their performance thus far is a case study in utterly moronic stupidity. But it is too late to replace them this year. They will be fired by their respective constituencies before the 2021 season and the corresponding collective bargaining agreement negotiations. Uh, I I really hope so. Yeah, I think there will be. And you think? It, I think it'll. I think it'll be the the 40 something. Okay. The, uh, there will be no deal. Manfred will do it, and they'll go along with it. Well, here's the problem: is that, and we didn't talk about this. They're saying that they might not get through the postseason right. if there's like new numbers and lockdown. So it's, it is all contingent. 
Well, the... So I want them to start playing as soon as possible. Right. That way, we can at least have something. Yeah, we didn't we didn't talk about that aspect. So the ownership believes, based on CDC uh, modeling, that there's going to be a significant a just like wave. yeah, like the twenty or twenty nineteen eighteen epidemic. There's going to be a significant resurgence in the fall, and that's why they're Which trying was, to in nineteen eighteen. It was worse. No, it was this resurgence was, was worse than the the original. And then we we just saw this Memorial Day bump in what four or five states texas arizona had its worst day since this started just two days ago more deaths more cases but texas all these beach states the memorial day surge that everybody feared has occurred arizona is not a beach state well okay but no that's true but 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 texas florida south carolina but it's a pool state okay which is probably worse I mean, I I take their point to be fearful of, you know, if we go into another lockdown because all of a sudden it's worse than it was in March. Um, who knows what's going to happen? But um, and that's what they're afraid of, that it would cancel the postseason on them. That's why they want to squeeze in the postseason in the Early. normal time in October, like when it normally takes place, you know, because the flu season doesn't really take off until November or December in most areas of the country. I, I, I don't know. That's why I'm just saying. I think, I think they need to fucking get to it. And they're wasting time. I think both sides are kind of BSing, but I think the Players Association is BSing more. That's my take. Quick reminder. You can find this series on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, as well as many of your favorite player apps. You can follow us on Twitter at at CheapSeatsDC, and you can reach us by email at thecheapseatsdc at gmail.com. See you next time on From the Cheap Seats. Take me out to the ball game. Uh, go on, let's go. The From the Cheap Seats podcast is a public service provided by Thad Helsley Media, LLC, all rights reserved.